Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, Coach Klump, beyond the ball. I still have juice. I still have enthusiasm, but we are taping, recording, whatever you want to call it on these podcasts. The day day. after. The day after what happened. A beatdown. That's what happened. (laughs) A beatdown. A beatdown. I am hoping by the time this episode gets released, we are a couple wins back on the right side of things. But last night was tough to watch. Yeah, tough schedule. Um, Man, the Titans looked really, really good last night. A couple um, things didn't go our way early in the game. So I wanted to see how resilient this team was going to be. You know, they've been very, very resilient throughout the year so far in this early season. Um, And But Josh Josh Allen kept making plays. There's no doubt about that, but... A lot of injuries defensively. Like me personally, I believe Milano is our best player on defense. When he's out, um, tight ends just have a field day, and people coming across the middle have a field day. Um, So without him, without John Brown, without Trey White, um, it was difficult. Now, I know the the Titans were missing a couple guys, but they had a couple really key players like A.J. Brown come back for them, and, and he had a really good game. So, you know, it's time to bounce back. Absolutely. And you know who else? Jadavion Clowney for them. I honestly did not realize that he was on the Titans roster um, because I don't follow a lot of teams outside of the Bills. But he was just a menace last night as well. And they just seem to get after the Bills. Right now, this is a team that made the AFC uh, championship game, if I'm, you know. Yeah, so they're no slouches, right? right. They're they're no slouches. And a weird schedule, playing on a Tuesday night. They had two weeks to prepare. Two weeks to prepare. We didn't know who we were playing. It sounds like a lot of excuses. Oh, yeah. Bills fans have so many excuses. (laughs) So on this pod, we, you know, we have to, we have to kick them out there just so people know that we're from Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I would say that I really liked the way, you know, we talk about beyond the ball here and how you connect with your athletes and what your mindset is all the time. And that's what I think I like about Sean McDermott. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're going to catch us on here bashing too many athletes or, you know, that's just not really our style to, to, to bring up the negative. But I think the positive that I really like is this idea that he's just moving on to the next game. He didn't make excuses for his team either. Obviously, he was upset with some stuff, but, you know, it's next play mentality, next game mentality, and it's right on to the next thing. Yeah, we so. were um, – myself and a couple of my buddies were able to connect with Eddie Yarbrough. He was a linebacker oh, for the nice. Bills a couple of years ago. And um, he just was talking about Coach McDermott's um, 
his persona and his influence and his leadership is is just gravitating throughout the locker room. So I, I, I've got no doubt that, you know, we'll be back on track here soon. We've got the Chiefs coming up. It will, should be a whale of a game, which is which will be fun to watch. So. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited about that game. You know, you have all this offseason hype about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and who can throw the ball farther. You know, ultimately, I want wins on the football field, but to see those two guys going head-to-head should be pretty fun. Hopefully, um, mm-hmm. everybody's healthy. We can get somewhat on a normal schedule. It's going to be another weird game, though, right? Five o'clock Monday. start time on a mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's totally weird, especially here on the East Coast because it's the games in Buffalo, right? Yeah. We got to get yeah. our boy Del Reed back on here, talk some bills. <laughs> I, we are going to have to get some some positive karma back on. Yeah, right. Yep. You know, five o'clock on a Monday, people are going to be rushing home from work mm. and getting out of practice, hopefully, for a lot of our athletes and stuff. So uh, that'll be a nice thing to sit down, eat dinner, and um, get right into some football. It'll be fun for sure. Um, what celebrations you got this week? You know, it's really take the time this week to celebrate the coaches that came on this podcast. You know, it's a brand new podcast. Uh, we're constantly reaching out, either be individuals that we know personally or even just through Twitter connections or, you know, this coach knows that coach. But every coach that has came on has been very, very enthusiastic. They have just poured their heart out talking about culture, talking about creating relationships, uh, transformational coaching. So um, my celebration is just to all these coaches that are willing to come on and, and share their knowledge for the game. Yeah, I think we talk about this kind of off the record a little bit, but it's nice. I love that you bring it up on the record here. We're just so appreciative of the fact that other people want to have conversations with us. Um, we, we say all the time, like, this is our passion project. You know, we're not making any money out of this. We're not trying to get rich off of this, you know. Um, but the, just the idea that because of social media, you know, with all the negative that that mm. does go on on social media, there are ways to connect with people across the globe. And it's really cool yeah. that people literally. are just like literally across yeah. the globe for us, which I'll, you probably if you're a, a listener in our last episode, we talked about or talked yeah, with, with somebody from Guam. You know, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me that there's so many people out there that are willing to i guess it's not crazy i think right. there's more They're just good willing out to there. serve others yeah just willing to serve others but it's nice to connect with them i guess and to not for us to not be fearful of you know anything like we're we're not professionals at this right um you know we're just here to have a nice conversation if people want to listen and enjoy the ride they could do that too so yeah what a, that's a phenomenal celebration i think mine goes out to and this again this will be a couple weeks after we record it but i'm going to celebrate my high school's golf team uh they're currently 11 and 0 uh they got one more match actually against your school tomorrow who they beat by a stroke the last time one stroke yes by one stroke and so the rematch is tomorrow so we'll either be the golf league champions or there'll be a tie for the league championship so i'm just celebrating them because honestly our golf team i don't know if they've ever won a league championship in the history of our golf program so they're just killing it this year and they're battling through obviously you know coronavirus conditions and just um, that the kids are back out there is such a blessing 
Yeah, and they're just getting after it. So uh, a lot of young guys. I don't know if there's even a senior on the team, but it's a total group effort. I don't know if they have one guy that is necessarily the winner of each match, the medalist, I think they call it. Yep. Um, but they have five guys that all put up like really good scores. Um, they're collectively getting it done as a team. Listen so my to you with all the golf terminology. Oh man, I'm trying, coach. But you, if you were, while well, we have played together, you know it's not, it's not a pretty <laughs> thing. Not we a do it thing. for fun. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, it's supposed to be a stress release, yeah, right? Fun. But I don't know if that. Uh, what I think an amazing game. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, if you if you're with somebody. Right. Uh, it's actually, like the only game that you've ever played that contradicts everything you've been coached throughout to do, you know, as an athlete. Uh, you're struggling. Okay, we got to lock in. We got to play hard or focus. No, no. I mean, in golf, I mean, focus might help you, but you cannot try harder. No, no, no. Yeah. Because if you're going to be trying harder, that ball's going to be flying left and right. <laughs> yeah, you got to more relax than yeah. more dig in. What a know? mental, what a mental grind. It's such a mental grind. And I actually have gotten away from this when my kids were younger. I used to get out. In the morning, um, before yeah, I remember any, that when you, we were coaching any, camp, you're uh, yeah, you coming any there. Right? Ki- any of my kids before anyone was even up, I would get out and play nine, and that was very peaceful. You know, get out and get a walk in and and just enjoy nature a little bit and play a little golf. Um, I might have to get back to that a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I find my peace in other places, mostly my faith, though. So let's transition to that. What do you got in terms of okay. a verse tonight? Yeah, it's actually really connecting to the celebration that I had. So this is where my mind went. It went, it went to Timothy 4, 7 through 8. And it said, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And, you know, I just think about all the gifts that we are given and that just stir up passion within us. And these passions are specifically given to us. And we're supposed to be using them for godly purposes. So, you know, fighting for them, going after it with, with massive action. And I just kind of connected that to uh, the coaches that have been coming on and providing each and every one of our listeners and us um, with information and what what they love to do, and that's just serving people, which they believe is their purpose. Yeah, and finding that purpose, I think, is so crucial. I was listening to uh, a podcast the other day, religious uh, sermon, I guess you would call it, and the message of that day, that particular sermon, was about you know how you have to not listen to everybody else. Um, you know, asking the question of, you know, why did I not get this or why do they not invite me or do people not like me? You know, asking the wrong questions, um, yeah. I believe, is how it was expressed, because um, when you ask the wrong questions, those answers can really start to weigh you down. And so you got to really ask the right question, which is like you just said, with all the coaches that have blessed us by coming on is just finding your purpose and living your purpose, regardless of what people are, are saying. And so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. We, we do it in this podcast. We do it in our teaching careers. We do it on the basketball court. Um, or at least we try our best. Right. And that's all you sure can do. Really do. So, mm-hmm. um, what a great verse. I love that message. Um, I, think. I think we should get to our guest, though. 
Let's do it. Yeah. Our guest tonight is uh, Mary Beth Nugent, who is the head women's coach at Buff State, a right. local school here. Representing the women's game. Let's Absolutely. And so I'm excited to see um, what kind of perspective she can give and just really excited. I got to see her team play a couple times last year. And just the energy that they play with and the passion is just amazing. And as a dad of three daughters, uh, I love to see I love to see the, the ladies getting after it. So uh, we'll be right back after the break with Coach Nugent. Let's go. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball with Justin Gerstung and Eric Klump. Be sure to check out these other basketball shows on the Hoopheads Podcast Network including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. If you're an NBA fan, explore our team-focused NBA pods, Cavaliers Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Blazing the Path, and Hashtag Lakers. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, everyone, we are back to the Beyond the Ball podcast. We are joined with on this episode by Coach Mary Beth Nugent from the Buff State Bengals. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for coming on. I think you are our first lady. We got ditched by a couple other ladies, not to mention names, but we oh. are very excited to have you on here. Oh, I'm um, excited to be here. All right. So, you know, looking at your resume, it says that you've been at Buff State for three years, and bef- before that, you were an assistant for three years. And even before that, you started out at a very successful local high school, Williamsville South, in, in the Western New York area. Um, when did you know that you might have wa- wanted to take that step from high school to like the collegiate level? Honestly, coaching in general just fell completely into my lap, almost like I didn't have a choice, like it was meant to be. Um, Because, you know, the whole time playing in college, I never thought about being a coach. I just always wanted to play. And then, you know, your college career ends and I was like, man, I miss basketball. What can I do? And I was like, oh, I'll coach. I love kids. I'll coach kids. And um, I, that's where I met Kristen Dolan, the varsity coach at Williamsville South. And then, you know, she had an open job for a head JV coach. So I did that. And like you said, it was a successful program there. So I got to learn under one of the best in the area. And then literally I was working my full-time job and I called a call about the Buff State assistant job from a friend that was like, oh, I think you might be interested in this. And I was like, no, like I really, I really enjoyed the JV age. I loved that age. I thought they were still young, but like they were starting to mature. Um, and I didn't really think about basketball being my career. Cause at the time I, I had a full-time job. Like I had my career, I was working at the biggest loser resort in, um, Java center and I was happy. And, um, but I was like, yeah, it, it like came to me. Why not? So I went for the interview and I got the job and then I was like, wow, I could, I could make this a career and here we are, you know, three years after being an assistant coach, he leaves last minute to go to Roberts. And then it's like, do you want to be the interim? And I was like, I don't want to be the interim, but I'll be your head coach. And there I got the job. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, both Justin and I started out at the JV level, and you're right. You hit the nail right on the head. Just, the the kids approach, they just take their backpack off and they throw it in the corner and they're so uh, excited to be there. They're so excited to learn, you know, and it's such a great way to start out as a coach. Now I did did want to mention that um, Williamsville South right now has one of the top players in the women's game in high school. Were you ever, were you ever, ever able to work with her? Um, a little bit, just like in open gyms where she would come around, uh, but not in a serious practice, just, you know, fooling around. Yeah, so she is pretty decent. No no I'm recruiting already. success there, I would guess then. Yeah, she, no, no opportunities to get her on uh, to no. the uh, Buff State Bengals? Uh, no, she's definitely not coming to Buff yeah. State. <laughs> she's going to Utah. <laughs> Coach. Go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, Coach, the the next place that I would – you kind of are leading us there. So, and Coach is right. We both started at JV, and we know when we made the jump, even just to high school or varsity level, um, there was some maybe differences. What are some of the things that you saw that really jumped out from the high school level? And obviously, JV to college, there's going to be some pretty significant things. But did anything, like, really catch your eye, being a former player yourself – um, that was really, really talented. Like, any, what were like the some of the main things that stood out to you? Um, gosh, uh, emotions. <laughs> um, I mean, it, when you're talking about females, especially like JV, you know, they're they're they might be hitting puberty. Like they're still kids; they're so innocent. Sure. And then in college, you are like thrown into I mean, I think about when I was in college and I was a hot mess, I felt like, and I had it pretty together. And nowadays with just the generation and the way things are, I think it's changed a lot. And um, I had no idea how much off the court work I would be doing. Um, I love that I'm, you know, with college, man, I am like their their mom or their big sister, their aunt, whatever you want to say on campus. Like I am there for a lot. Like there's tears, there's, and I'm glad that they feel comfortable to come to me. Like I want, I want that open door policy. Um, I want them to feel like they have somebody to go to, but that was, you know, I wasn't really dealing with that at the JV level. It was, it was fun. You know, we just got out of school. We're having yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. We're going home to have dinner with mom and dad. Yeah, for sure. I, like, I don't think I ever had one incident where a kid was crying unless it had something to do with like the court and you know, the basketball, but um, in college, man, like you're just thrown into their whole life and they involve you, but that's what you're there for. And that's what you want. Absolutely. So I would say that's, you know, the biggest thing. So if I could just follow up to that. So you mentioned, you know, being like their big sister or their mom, mm-hmm. where do you think you fall? We were, I was actually um, on a basketball call yesterday and this topic came up being a little on the older side. When I started varsity, I was 25 years old coaching 17 and 18 year olds. So the connection for me was really easy, right? You're seven years older than your athletes, your big brother, like the respect is like instantaneous. And Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm 40 years old and my players are like my kid's age and you're more Mm -hmm. like a father figure, Mm -hmm. right? And so that communication piece 
was a big change for me. That's something that I had to kind of go through. Um, being on the younger side yourself, how, do you see yourself more like a sister or more like a mom or is that situational? Mm, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with aunt just because <laughs> I feel nice. like with a big sister, the respect isn't always there. Okay. I have a big sister and I know like we fought <laughs> right. and I, you know, I would respect my aunt and my mom a little bit more. I wouldn't put my mom, myself in the mom category just because of the age gap sure. isn't that big. Um, but I think I've, you know, in one-on-one -on -one meetings, I've made the comment of like, you know, if, if I was your big sister, this is the, this is the advice I would give you. You know, I I've made that comment before I know I have. Um, but I guess if I had to pick, I would go with like an aunt, you know, I'm, I'm there to, you can talk to me, you know, we have a good relationship. It can be a friendship, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm your elder and you respect me just like I respect you. So did your sister play ball? She did not. She's she five foot. Not that that matters. <laughs> yeah. So there was no like out in the driveway, like blood, you know, one-on-one -on -one games going on? That was with my brother. Oh, he yeah. He didn't play um, basketball, though. He was – he jumped right into working. Like, my brother's the hardest worker ever. I come from a working family. Um, I was the only one, actually, that played sports in my immediate family. Um, okay. My Aunt Jana was the only athlete that's, like, somewhat close, and I just am a lot like her. There we go. So you blazed your own trail a little bit, and yeah. you played it at Damon, right? Which is a a local a local school here in Western New York. How did that go for you? Oh, I loved it. Um, I had I loved Dave Scolan as my head coach. I loved my assistant coaches. Um, I came in with a great class. Sarah Soroka from East Aurora who's a great big to play with being like a point guard, um, Bridget Burke from Lockport again, like Bridget was unreal where she could go inside, but she could shoot the three. And then Alana Laguerre, who was a walk on and ended up, you know, working her way up. And, um, you know, we had a very successful seasons. Um, every year it was like 20 plus wins in my senior year. We made it the farthest the school's ever made it, which was sweet 16 in the tournament. So. Yeah, I know Damon is, um, my wife went to Damon and did her undergrad there and just loves the school too, was not an athlete, but just speaks nothing but positivity for, for Damon Athletics. So, and they're doing well now too, right? Yeah, they're doing great. They're doing well, women's basketball, I can speak for anyway. I think men's basketball is doing pretty well too, though. Pretty well. I think so. I think so. So off air, we were talking about just like through a, how much a coach changes over time. And so you've been there for a total of six years right now, coach, um, at Buff State. What do you think you've changed the most in your approach towards like practice or maybe say a game? Can you give us something that you think you've changed a lot? Mm, I would say my biggest change has come off court probably, which is I came into it, I was like raised with a very – strict in that very strict household and um coming into it like girls would make mistake and i mean gosh they come in at 17 18 mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh you know i tell the head coach like we should just let them go like I, I couldn't tolerate it right like they should know better and then yeah. 
the more I got into it, I'm like, wow, like they're, they're, they're still kind of kids, even though I tell them they're adults. <laughs> um, and they're learning and you have to find that line of, you know, giving them the time to make mistakes and make them better, but also giving them that line of like, okay, you can't just do whatever the hell you want. Like, this is life. I'm teaching you lessons. Um, that is hands down something I'm still figuring out, but like the biggest lesson, even with recruiting, like as an assistant, I didn't like anybody. I was like, gosh, I don't like her. Like, this, this is wrong with her. This is wrong with her. And my head coach would be like, we are division three now. And, you know, and, um, and then I, I figured that out too. Like you're not you're not gonna get the perfect kid. First of all, it doesn't exist, right? Right. Um, so I would say that's the biggest thing that I've learned. And so I I would assume and I kinda hear in there coming out that obviously if you play at Damon and are a four year starter, you have a high standard for how you train and how you play the game. So that's got to be a very difficult thing to kind of shut off or alter as a coach, right? You probably have those same standards or want those same standards for your athletes, I would assume, right? Right. That, that's been a huge challenge. And I, I feel like I talk about it with my assistants every day mm -hmm. with like frustration of the lack of passion in girls. Um, okay. You know, I just, I was a gym rat. Like I wasn't decent because I was like tall or extremely athletic. Like I just right. worked hard and I loved to play and I wanted to be there. And when I don't see that, like, how do you not want to be in the gym? And yeah. then when you walk in, you're sitting on the floor on your phone. Like, why aren't you grabbing a ball and shooting? And that like kills me inside. Like, where's the passion of just loving to like hoop? And I feel like just with the generation and the way things have gone, man, like we need to bring that back. Kids are so stuck on their phone and social media and yeah. looking cool on that. And, you know, just saying, well, I'm on a college team. Like, no, I want the kid that would play in a gym when nobody else is there to watch them and you'd get no recognition. Like you're just playing to, because you love it. And that's hard to find. Yeah. So if I could just follow up with that, I, so when you are recruiting, obviously then that that's what you're looking for, but that's yeah. always hard to see sometimes, right? Because you don't necessarily get to see their practice habits. So what are some of the things that you are looking for when you go see them play either at their high school or in an open gym or a, an AAU type setting? What are yeah. maybe your top one or two, three things that you are looking for to maybe find that kid that's a hoop junkie? Yeah. Um, body language is huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, I always pay attention in timeouts to see if they're looking at the coach and like their response to the coach. Like, is it a roll their eyes and like looking at their parent in the stands or is it yeah, like I'm shaking my head. I'm, I get it. You know, um, how they treat refs is huge. Uh, and it's like a day changer for me. Like a kid could be so good and I could see that. And I, that's where I haven't changed. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to deal with that. Um, looking at parents in the stands, you know, the way they treat their teammates. Yeah. If there's a kid that like there's a loose ball and they're running after it and they hand it to the ref. I'm like, uh, like, I'll make a note of that just because yeah, you need star players on your team, but you also need players that are willing to play in practice and hard and know that they're not going to get in the game and, and they're not going to complain about it. Like you, you need a few of those too. And I realize that, 
Because if you have a 12 to 16 man roster, you're not going to make even 12 happy, you know? Um, so those are things I a hundred percent look for. And that's been tough with COVID because a lot of my recruiting is online now, sure. but I, what I always do is I always talk to a coach before I talk to a player too. Um, always, I never just go to a player and I ask them to be straight up with me. And if they seem wishy-washy, I'll ask for another coach's contact. Right. So when you're out on the recruiting trail, you ever find yourself like catch yourself almost like saying, oh, this girl reminds me of this girl that I played with. So we need a girl like that on our team. You ever find yourself doing that? Um, I, I, I have with um, Alana, the girl that walked down when I was a freshman, just because Alana came in um, not super talented, but hard worker. So, like, say I see a kid and I'm like, okay, their their skill level isn't completely there, but, man, she works her ass off. Like, she could get there her junior year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she could fit into, you know, the way we want to play. So, yeah, I have uh, probably with Alana, but that's probably it. So, Coach, do you find yourself recruiting more locally or how, how broad do you yeah. cast your net? You know, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, I'm still casting it far. Have I been successful? No. <laughs> um, but I'm still trying. I, I definitely hit Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. I'm trying to get connections in the city. Um, mm-hmm. and by the city, you're talking New York city, right? Correct. Yeah. Cause we're st- state school. Yeah. Like there's some tuition things, right. And kids can go a, a lot of places in New York state. Yeah, um, yeah that's I mean, huge. And where we is- are, it's eight hours from the city. Just so if any, any of our listeners think, well, yeah. they're in New York. What is she talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that Josh Allen comment, right? Yeah. Uh, I am in New York. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're starting to, you're still casting pretty wide in terms of your recruiting net. I do, especially with COVID, just because, you know, we were stuck at home so long. I was like, well, I'll just recruit recruit like crazy online and see what I can have. And even if I think they're higher than D3, like if I don't try, you know, maybe I'll get lucky. Um, Maybe I can, you know, we're known for education at Buff State. So if I see a kid that's education and they might be a little bit better, I'll go hard at that. And, you know, I just try to, our program's exciting to get into. We've been like a little bit more successful each year. Like we haven't been at the tippy top, but we're going to get there. And like you get to come in and be a part of that. So I, you know, I think it's an exciting place to be. Um, And and honestly, like being from the area, I wasn't super excited about, you know, going in for that assistant job at Buff State because I felt like Buff State had a bad rep for whatever reason. Yeah. And then I went to the campus and I was like, man, it shouldn't have a bad rep. It's a beautiful campus. It's it's right outside like the city. It's the only beautiful arena too. Our arena is beautiful. Like our practice gym is probably nicer than, you know, a lot of like regular gyms for schools. Um, And I I do feel like Buff State has gotten a bad rep locally. And and I feel like I'll get that from local kids, like suburbs of Buffalo where they don't even want to like look at me, which it's, it's fine. Like we just got to change it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this coach. I am, uh, I did my master's at Buff State. Um, and coach and I have each 
coach some games on your floor in some sectional playoff games as well. And I just love Buff State. Like I, yeah. it served my wife and I very well in our master's programs in education and special education. And yeah. if there's kids listening to this, Buff State is definitely worth a look because the, like you said, the facilities are just uh, absolutely amazing. I, and I just speak, since we're talking recruiting, I don't know if you saw today or yesterday, they just released that they're going to be extending um, eligibility for some D1 athletes for the winter season. Uh-huh. Do you think that'll affect your recruiting? Do you think you're going to have some kids or athletes kind of drop into your lap a little bit? Cause there's like a log jam there. What do you think? Um, I guess I haven't thought of it from that end. Um, I mean, I know from our end, D3, well, every division, but, you know, if we get a one-month season, everybody gets to keep their eligibility. Okay. Out of our two seniors, one will stay, which I'm, I am I would love both of them to stay, but I totally – I told both of them I support you no matter what. Like, if you want to go on and play basketball somewhere else, I'll be the first person to email that school. Sure. Um, so do I hope other coaches treat it the same way and maybe I'll get an email? Like, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess I didn't think of it from the receiving end. I just know, you know, one player is going to go on and just get her master's and not play. And the other one, I was like, if you want to, whatever you want to do. And she was like, nope, I'm staying. You're not getting rid of me. And I was like, all right. Yeah, no, well, I only, and I only bring that up. I hate to put you on the spot like that because we talked to with some coaches from Ohio and Pennsylvania that talked about that talk a lot about recruiting and you know that there's good basketball at every level and that don't necessarily as an athlete you shouldn't necessarily be greedy and just wait for an offer and he he was talking about that on a previous pod that with this COVID and eligibility that there might not be a whole lot of offers to go around if everybody gets an extra year because all these kids are going to graduate again um, from high school and now you have uh, like just a huge amount of extra players to maybe pick from. So yeah, I honestly haven't thought of that, but you, you make a really good point. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. So yeah. coach, one of my, one of our favorite questions to ask is it is, and it's because all of these zooms that we've attended, there's so many different answers to this question. But um, so if we walk into your practice, like say for a two week period, What's one thing that you practice, you as a coach, practice almost every single day? Like, what's the most important thing that you want to get into your practice plan, like, every single day? Uh, there's always – well, defense is a huge focus. It is the focus. Um, but there's always a rebounding drill, always mm-hmm. a boxing out drill. Um like I know that for a fact, and I would say majority, there's always some type of shell. Okay. Um, but we do it where it's not just the regular shell where you pass it around. Like we'll add, you know, live play into it. We'll add transitions into it. We'll add, you know, we call it like a switch drill into it where, you know, you're switching players and you got to find other people and you're communicating. But um, there's always a rebounding or boxing out drill, and there is always some type of shell defense drill. Coach, I love that. So since Coach took us right into the hoops, it's always a struggle to stay out of the X and O's because we just like to hear what coaches love to do. I need to know. My uh, my question to you, because you are, you know, 
And I would refer to you as like as an emerging coach, right? You're just a couple years into it and figuring out probably your philosophy still a little bit. Do you coach kind of the same way that you were coached, if that makes sense? Or do you find yourself starting to pick and choose as you get a little bit more experience in model and molding your philosophy a little bit? Where do you think you stand on that? I wouldn't say I coached the way I was coached um, because I am a completely different person than the head coach I had at college who I loved. But if I tried to be him, I wouldn't be good. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Dave was, gosh, he was so smart, like genius smart. Um, I mean, I could, he could bring up any game like any year and he'd be like, oh yeah, these were your stats. Like he's so X's and O's. Yeah. where I would say I coached the way I played, which was like hard, aggressive, you're communicating. Um, but there's that line of like, I never as as a player was like rude or demeaning to, you know, my, my teammates. I was very much there, but ex- like had high expectations. And um I was a, I would say I was a decent point guard. Like I, I knew like, oh, like as soon as there was a mismatch, like I knew it and I was like, okay, this is where we need to get, this is what we need to run. You know, that's like in a point guard for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, So I would say I coached the way I played. And so in terms of philosophy then and like offense or defense and strategy, um, do you find yourself if your your college coach was so great and he sounds like an amazing coach, do you find yourself running a lot of the same stuff or are you finding your own way? Um, not at all, because we have completely different personnel. Okay. Um, like when I was in college, we always had a great center. And, you know, a lot of our offense was four out, one in. And okay. we didn't do any pressing we were like primarily a half court man team and with buff state with like the person like i always knew what i want but like going into like the personnel that i have and the way like i veer um i have gone to more of like a five guard just because it's hard to find a big that can like run the court the way i want to run the court offensively and defensively at this level um I I like Mm up-tempo. I like in-your-face defense. Like, we don't play the pack. We play, you know, in-your-face deny. We want to make you make a mistake. At this level, I don't think too many players on a team are comfortable with the ball, and I want to take advantage of it. Okay. Um, Which leads to easy offense, but it's got to be a running offense. And I want my biggest girl on the court to be the first one down because most likely the slowest person is guarding her, right? Yeah. so it's completely different. So how are you um, as a coach when are you someone that wants to have your girls get up shots with like less than 10 seconds in the shot clock or are you racing it up to get mismatches in transition or do you just really want to play fast? Um, I don't talk too much about the shot clock. I want them to be... I don't want it to be black and white. I want them to like feel it. So yeah, if if you can get a shot off, you know, without the defense set, great. But at the end of the day, I just want the biggest thing I preach is you're always passing up a good shot for a great shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever that comes in the shot clock, I don't care as long as it's a great shot. 
That's so good. And I, so, and this will be maybe a, a different topic, but with so much like analytics um, becoming like the major thing, are you diving into that realm of coaching or are you um, more still just doing it by, by feel? I don't know if I'm asking that accurate, accurately. Uh, I get what you're saying. I would say I'm, I'm more so veered towards feel as of yeah. right now. Coach um, is a big analytics guy. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'd say big analytics guy. We coach high school boys, so there's not a whole lot you can do if you don't have, you know, five players that are really basketball players. But I think at all levels you should maybe or you could maybe look into the stats. But don't get me wrong. I love the shot selection. I mm. definitely am all about having yeah. the players feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Um. But I would say with, like, analytics, that's something, like, I'm always, like, you always got to be open to learning more and, like, get, making yourself uncomfortable. And just me as a person, um, I wasn't, like, I didn't love school. Like, I went to school because I wanted to play basketball. Otherwise, right. I probably would have went into the military. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very, I am a very, almost like a hippie sense and, like, um like you do, you do go, you do go off of how you feel and you read the moment and I'm good with my hands. Um, but pushing towards like the analytics, like I have to be open to like everything. Right. So, and I get that there's, you know, importance there. Well, I think you just coach the biggest takeaway I think is you coach who you are, right? Yeah. If you, uh, you clearly seem to know exactly what type of person you are, your type of learner, your personality. And I think that's, I'll be honest, when I came, I think I mentioned this before, and if I didn't, I apologize. We came and saw my daughters and I came to watch your playoff game last last spring before COVID hit, and um, your girls just respond well to you. I mean, you have their complete attention. And so obviously, whether you use analytics or you don't, I mean, I think that's the goal as a coach, right, is to make sure your girls are engaged and locked in. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just – um, I don't always feel like they are, but a lot of times when people watch or observe, I, I do, I, people will come up to me and say, you know, they, they, they're listening. Like they're really, um, like you're doing a decent job. They'll say, or, and that's always nice to hear. Cause I never really feel like I am. I always feel like I could be doing so much better. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just, you gotta be real and you gotta be honest and, at the end of the day, after, you know, you get into the season and they learn how you are, they, they respect that and they want to be like that too. And um, now that I've been the head coach for two full years, my upperclassmen are there like a hundred percent where they, right. they get it. And my assistant coaches are the same way. Like I'm so lucky with having assistant coaches that are same deal. Like they are real. Like they're not going to mm-hmm. sugarcoat it. They're not, it might hurt your feelings and you might cry a little bit, but like, Hey, this is the truth. Like, don't you want me to tell you the truth? And this is where what you need to do to get here. Um, not saying you can't get there, but you know, this is it. And I think at the end of the day, they respect that. The truth over harmony. Yeah. yeah. Always needed. So um back when you were talking about recruiting, you mentioned the importance of communication. Now, for me personally, when I get my boys in practice, they hate to communicate yeah. to each other. That's just like pulling teeth. Um, with with the ladies, 
do you think that that's something that comes a little bit more natural? Do, do you, like for me, I think they talk because I'm, I'm there and they wouldn't do it if I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think your, your girls would do it if you weren't there? Some would and some wouldn't. Um, with communicating, I have to put, and I haven't figured this out yet, um, but I have to like be strict with communication and say, if there's no communication, like there's a consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I get frustrated because I'm like, you you should want to do this. Like I could bring my mom in here who's never played basketball and is like a five foot Italian and <laughs> she could communicate better than you. Yeah. Like you just got to want it. And um, that's frustrating. And I, and I, and I'll even say like the importance of saying shot when your player's shooting the ball is for those players that aren't seeing ball and man know, okay, I got to find my girl and I got to box her out and then I got to go after the ball. Um, like we're, we're small. Typically we are always pretty much smaller than the team we're playing. So you're not going to just, I don't have a big man to just say, Hey, go get the ball. <laughs> um, so, you know, when they're not doing it, I do try to break down the why. And if I feel like I've done it already and there's not, I'll say it again. And I'll say like, do you guys agree? And I'll make them respond. Like, I need to hear you. Like, are you, are you hearing me? And they're like, yeah, I get it. I go, okay, well, we're going to run now as a team, but next time don't do it. Um, and I feel like I have to have that, like, I have to always be on them for the most part. Right. I'm hoping as years go on and, you know, I'm recruiting the, the girls I want and they buy into the program and our philosophy, it won't be as hard one day. I want to be able to do it without, like, threatening with a consequence. Yeah, so, like, if you asked them, why is it important to communicate would you get like a blank stare? Because I think that's what I would get. Um, my upperclassmen, no, they would, they would get it. They would respond. My freshmen, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's so hard, right? Because this day and age, you talked about earlier the idea that the the kids are just different. I think you know, if you go back, well, they 20 lack communication skills because all the communication skills are high school. Um, yeah, yeah. All their communication is yeah, through technology, not, so they lack that skill. There. No. Yeah, like I tell uh, my guys all the time, like, could you text each other, like, to switch <laughs> type of right. thing? It's just, it's just, uh, they just don't know. I don't know. Right. Noah, have you guys seen that documentary, um, The Social Dilemma? I have not. I you started have- it, and I, I got about 10 minutes into it. Okay. What, what is that, Coach? Um, it kind of is there, they interview pretty much a lot of like the big wigs that were part of creating Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, Pinterest, like they have them from all over. And now they're not like, it's always says like former engineer of, you know, Mm -hmm. Facebook or whatever. And they talk about how it's just veered towards something like evil, honestly. And it's going in such a bad direction, but like the people that want to make money are just feeding off of it. And it's become almost like this competition between Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And, um, but they talk about, you know, it's interesting, like they'll say our own kids, you know, we don't let them have this app or we don't give our kids a smartphone till they're 16 and nobody else should either. Um, it's just, it, it dives into the bad of social media Mm -hmm. and how controlling it is. Like you can, you, I'll even catch myself and I'm not even, I don't like to think I'm a phone person, um, or social media, 
but you'll catch yourself like, oh, you're, I was like sitting at my car appointment today and you know, you're sitting there for a second and you look at your phone and I'm like, why am I looking at my phone right now? Like I should like take a second and like breathe and think about my life and, you know, just like be at present and like at peace and, you know, it dives into that and it's almost like you don't even realize it. Um, yeah, but it's really it, interesting. That kind of brings you back. If you have kids, you should 100% watch it. Yeah, I um, actually have heard of that before. That artic- I've read a couple articles on that. We actually, my wife and I have a four, our oldest daughter is 14, and she just got her phone um, for her 14th birthday. And the amount of drama um, yeah. that we have experienced in the last two months of having the phone has like doubled prior to the prior to her having it and we don't even let her have like i think she has one social media app um i think she might have snapchat right and so because that's what all the kids use so she got to pick one and that was her one but even still the conversations have just increased twofold in my house about you know this is how you act this is how you communicate we're not posting those things Mm -hmm. um on social media it's just incredible and that's got to be a challenge too with having college age athletes that are just so dialed into that right yeah the scariest um thing that they talked about was actually with girls young girls and they talked about um like the depression rate and like the suicide rate and young girls going up because of social media because they post this picture and they get one you know thing said and they freak out about it and i just try to like preach to them you know um, like I'm constantly like, get off your phone. We're going to take phones away while we go to team dinner or, um, you know, who cares what other people think? Like there's haters everywhere. There's mm-hmm. haters that, you know, for the basketball team, I'm upset, like as you as an individual and it's never going to go away and you, you can't give it attention. You can't waste your energy on them. But that's the saddest thing I think was seeing that part of the documentary, like how much it just ruins young girls. Like, yeah, and it's yeah. not just young girls; it's adults too. Like uh, one of my favorite pastimes, my girlfriend and I, we we started like we have season tickets for the Sabers, and one time I kind of hit her on the leg and I said, "In between intermission, let's let's watch everybody that stays in their seat, and no, nobody talks to each other. They yeah. they will both pull out their phone and be on their phone yeah. for about fifteen or twenty minutes until the play's going to start. The hockey players come back on, and uh-huh that's what happens in intermission. It's crazy. Yeah. You see that restaurants too. I mean, I love the fact that some restaurants are now making you put them away. Right. I think that's kind of awkward. But yeah, it's, oh, it's, are they? I didn't know that. It's like double edged now because you got to t- you got to snap the picture of the menu, so you got to have the phone <laughs> out. So it's yeah, it's wild. Know, you don't right? know what to do now. Hey, speaking you know, of menu, speaking of uh, restaurants and menu, so we got to ask Coach. All right, Coach. Um, we always ask our guests. So yeah. you're in the Buffalo area. Are, are, Let's go. Are you into the wings? Um, I am into the wings. Okay. So are, are you a flat or are you a drum? Flat, 100%. Okay. Oh, my God, Coach, you get that one. <laughs> it's about even. Coach, we have this running dialogue. It is about even. No, it is it, about it's even. It's even. We've done this podcast now like 20-some times, and it's got to be dead even. Yeah. So, I'm Coach, a, I'm a Coach drum what, guy. what are your I'm favorite spots guy. then downtown or, or anywhere, maybe even near near home? What, what are some good spots that maybe no one knows about? Um, 
Well, best wings are Coles. They're Sicilian wings. Okay. They're like, um, they're shaken in like Italian and Caesar and I add hot to them. Okay. Those are hands down the best wings. I like the confidence she said that in. She's like, hands down, best wings. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Buff State, that's a Coles has got to be the spot, right? Because you're right there. Yeah. 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 But I've tried wings everywhere. But yeah, I love those Sicilian wings. Um, it's I'm kind of like a fine dining. Like I love Roost. I okay. don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm. I love... Um, Trattoria Roma. It's an Italian restaurant, kind of out by Buff State. Um, I mean, I got okay. a lot of places. I love any brewery. Whenever I travel, I go to different breweries and try different beer. I love Beltline Brewery in Buffalo. Okay. They have a really good honey beer. That's I'm writing awesome. all these down. Yeah. Nice, absolutely. So you are a Western New Yorker. So do you prefer blue cheese, or are you a ranch person, or neither? Uh, do I need to answer? Yeah, I mean, she's going to ruin her <laughs> reputation if she. I mean, there's no way to, <laughs> well, to answer that correctly I, I mean, if you're you from could Buffalo. Answer, I mean, you could defer, but it could be taken multiple ways, right? Yeah. No, I, I guess I said it because I feel like you should know because I'm from Western New York, yeah. but definitely blue cheese. Okay, definitely. Okay, that's what we thought. Well, we've had some coaches on that are not from the area. So when they say, do I need to answer, that means they oh, go with range. they don't want to get shamed. They don't want to mm-hmm. get shamed. Mm-hmm. So they go the opposite way. And so when they say they don't want to answer, it's not because it's obvious. It's because they literally don't want to answer. So, right. yeah, it's too funny. That's too funny. Well, Coach, listen, we are running up on our time, um, but we really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, it was a good experience. It was my first. So thanks for having me. You guys were great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate the conversation and coach. Good luck this year. We hope that you get to play. Um, you know, I, we hope everybody throughout the country gets to play a full schedule of basketball because, you know, we certainly miss it. Are you, pra- are you practicing yet? We're doing open gyms and lifts. Um, lift once a week, open gyms twice. We start official practice October 26th. All right. Coach. Exciting stuff. Well, yeah. good luck. Uh, we were going to do our best to get down and watch a game if they let us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys ever need anything at Buff State, Coach and I are local, so just reach out. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. All right, coach. Thanks for coming on. Good luck. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 